What's the clink, clink, clink? Are you making something as we're talking? No, I was Are just, you... I thought maybe a percussive sound would be, would be useful. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were making me from a nodding off. <laughs> You're listening to Time to Lean and Here's a Song, episode 51. Andy R is our special guest. Andy has given up a life of science to join a ragtag team of software developers. Anyway, here we go. Episode 51. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well, we just kind of jumped in. Hi, everybody. This is a cold uh, cold opening. A frigid opening. It's very cold. Frigid opening. <laughs> we have a, a special guest today. Oh, and this Hi. also episode... <laughs> Three, two, one. Hi. And it's also uh, our 51st episode, episode of season six. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. It's something. How do we do it? So our our special guest today is Andy R. Hi, Andy. We only go go by last initials. Hi. (laughs) Hi. We we pretend that people are anonymous, but they're kind of not. We we can use your full name if you don't mind. No, Some no. people are That's, like, I'd, you know. I'd rather people didn't know who I was. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> you know, some people are lawyers. and We need a bio it. and a headshot, please. So <laughs> I actually have a segment prepared for tonight. Uh, when you're ready. Oh, it's a somebody sort of get homework. It, it's a sort of Mr. Science quiz show for the two of you. <laughs> And and I think it ties I've into already a topic. Failed. <laughs> it ties into a topic that that you guys discuss a lot, based on my uh, fifteen minute scan of random sampling to the uh, science to know. of Taco Johns. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually he has to not... do. It has to do with uh, your your beverages that you often consume. So excellent. Okay. That's the teaser. Uh, that can come later. Uh, okay. All right. I'm we'll excited. Find. And, and Andy, why don't you uh, why don't you t- why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Who 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 am you? Well, I think why are you like a lot of the guests on the show? From what I can tell, you you dredge <laughs> for people from your childhood, or is it that they wish to reconnect with people from their past whose company they've enjoyed? I choose the latter. Uh, so I I also hail from Western South Dakota. Uh, always been a bit of a geek. Uh, when I was young, that was not fashionable. But now, I mean, geeks rule the world. So, geeks yay. are sexy. Yay for that! Finally, I haven't seen the science on this, but I will for now take his word, because Andy was a scientist. Yeah. It took a while. It, yeah. So, in addition <laughs> to being kind of a computery person, also I uh, play. The oboe. So, if you want to geek out about double reads at some point, love you to make talk. your own. Sure, sure, sure. I do. I got one right here in front of me. In fact, so mm-hmm. yeah. Can a reed make a sound on its own? Can't it? On it it just, can, can't it? If if the entire universe existed only of a reed <laughs> and nothing else, would you hear it? No, I don't no. think so. Because you need air for sound, to <laughs> and exist. no one else would be there to hear it. Yeah. So I would say no. no, it can't can't make sound on its own. Well, yes. So yeah, we we have a lot of expats, Rapid City expats, or South Dakota expats on the show. Fugitives. And, uh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. maybe a couple, maybe a couple fugitives. And then you, so you, after, well, we could talk about whatever, but after that you came to uh, Minnesota. Actually, oh, yeah. no, before that, before that you were in Colorado, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know? I attended the University of Colorado. I have maybe, there's probably not many people who can say they've actually started and enrolled at the University of Colorado twice, but actually graduated zero times. Is one undergraduate? Is that the... Yeah, yep. So I started as an undergraduate there and then transferred and actually graduated from Augustana College, now Augustana University, because college... Of course, we all do that, right? (laughs) They're all universities now. In Sioux Falls. And then after I got a master's degree at the University of South Dakota, I went back to Colorado to pursue a PhD in molecular biology. And about four years into that, I realized I really wanted to spend my career writing software. So I, I left that and been a software developer ever since. I think you were researching the paddlefish at some point, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So you know a lot about paddlefish. I, I knew the paddlefish was going to come up somewhere. Well, oh, absolutely. It's it's one of my they're, they're favorite animals. It's a really neat uh, organism. It's native to North America. It lives in the Missouri River, Mississippi River, Ohio River, and it's it's amazing because that species has existed almost unchanged for something like two hundred million years, just like us. <laughs> no, n- not like Homo sapien. Homo sapien is no, a I very new. Uh... <laughs> it's like seven hundred years ago the universe was created. I thought I read that somewhere. Oh right, yes, on the internet. <laughs> well, what makes it special? I mean, I know it has the weird snout or whatever with the yes. sen- sensors or yep. So something, that, if right? you were it's to very see one, it, it looks like it has a giant nose. They actually call that a uh, rostrum. And it's maybe about a third the length of the entire fish is this this giant nose sticking out of its forehead. And it's, it's surrounded with sensors that they believe help the fish uh, detect predators or possibly prey that might be nearby swimming in the water. So if they're where it's dark or if the water is really murky. Muddy. Um, murky water. They can detect what's around them using these kind of electrochemical sensors. Also, they're a fully cartilage-based skeleton, uh, so there's no hard ossified bones in their body. They feed by filter feeding, so they open their mouth really wide while they're swimming, and they have what are called gill rakers, which are really fine combs across their gills that um, plankton that they swim you know, in the water will be caught, so they can, that's what they eat. And the actually, whale. their genus name is Polyodon, which stands for many teeth. And it's actually a mistake because those gill rakers are not technically teeth. But the first oh, biologist yeah. who saw them saw all these little pointy things in their mouths and thought, oh, that's a lot of teeth. So, no, what yeah. a loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you, we can't always be right. No, no. Well, that's that's part of that's part that's, of science. That's how science works. You know, you start with an idea and do your best, and then those ideas are tested rigorously over and over as time goes on. And sometimes mistakes are corrected, and other times the ideas are confirmed. Just just like our current uh, uh, pandemic problem, where 
the uh, the science on the coronavirus has changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think people who don't know any better look at that and say, well, why should I trust that? They've changed. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Right. Yeah, yeah it, they're lying. That, that, that's a fallacy, really, I think, that... Uh-huh. That that it's really unfortunate, of course. I mean, well, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of science, even though I did ultimately leave that for my career. I have a lot of respect for how scientists work, and and it's it's very competitive. Uh, I think one of the misunderstandings of science is is people when they see a change. Uh, for example, guidance might be one thing, and then it changes to something else, and they say, "See, scientists don't know." But actually, I see that as evidence that science is working because they'll make the best judgment they can with information that's available at the time they have it. And as more data comes in, they will amend their ideas according to the evidence that they see. And, and they call it the novel coronavirus mm-hmm. because it's so new. So there's a lot they don't know. Even now, six months later, there's still a lot they don't know. Um, so we'll continue to see new discoveries and, and as they understand better how it works. You know, it'd be a lot easier if it was something that had been around for hundreds of years. And, and yeah, I think people don't realize how rapid, the, what, how fast the timeline has been on this particular bug. That with all the guidance and what we know about it and the development of the vaccine, which goes along with it. And how how much slower this kind of stuff usually happens? We just it's not quite so prominent. Yeah, yep, totally. Yeah, you think people could figure it out though? I mean, because none of us, all of us, I should say, as we go through life, almost everybody, you know, you learn new things, and you change. You, you know, you learn your your perspective changes, and you you know, it's not like you're. Everything you did before was, it's not, that doesn't make you a a false person or everything you stand for is false. You just learned something. I don't know why, why does it have to be such, I mean, there must be some way to better translate science than I just did. But I, I mean, it's not, we're all going through life and learning new things and it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. I think scientists have been lazy about taking time to explain you know what they know and why they know things and to draw a, a comparison between things that are new that are possibilities versus things that are really well established and the media does a terrible job of this yeah. in fact i remember a journalist and i'd have to google to get you the specifics but he basically did an experiment where he cooked up a study that somehow showed that chocolate was really good for you and had all these benefits. It might even have been a story that chocolate made you lose weight. And it was very thin evidence. It was cooked up in all the classic ways that science can be concocted. And the media picked it up and it was reported widely on all the morning talk shows and in newspapers. And People no one, want to learn a yeah. quick fix thing. So, right? No one questioned it because it was so appealing. Like, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful yeah. if chocolate would make you healthy? It's the shiny object. Yeah, but no one's going to pick up a story about, you know, gravity pulls you towards the center of the <laughs> earth because, well, that's boring. 
<laughs> Who wants that? Yeah, I think it also I, it 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 has a an unfortunate incompatibility with politics in that changing one's mind or learning new things and which leads to maybe changing your assumptions about things is actually not rewarded in in the political public life. And that so yeah. so that pe- people want something like okay, I want certainty just like it, it, it unfortunately bleeds over into things like religious faith and all that where you you have these these assumptions and beliefs that are always the same immutable and, and it's it's also again back to the political thing where it, it it it's a big slam if you say you changed your beliefs about something you waffled or whatever flip-flopped flip-flop yeah, yeah john, exactly john, john Kerry, that was oh the flip-flopper in chief or whatever they used to call him he didn't have a good uh counter for that though but yeah yeah it's really really unfortunate and, and it gets back to the point that i think we probably all agree on that we need probably more professional educated people at the federal level and everything leading things like this and guiding our elected officials i think the government should be guided by a, a pack of bonobos than we do, yeah. and who you know, and there's so much uh, because it's right now it's inconvenient at times. Yeah, to, to, it, to tell you the truth, nice. Wouldn't it be nice if the scientific advisors to our leaders were not affiliated with political parties, if they weren't appointed or chosen? Because even by our current administration, it seems will select scientists who support their agenda. And so well, there's definitely gotten there's, worse. There's some credibility because it's a, an actual doctor or someone who has degrees, but they're maybe not representative of of all the professionals in those fields. So I um really glad Andy to have you on. Finally, it's overdue. And a couple couple of things. I a few nights ago I had I had a dream that. <laughs> It sounds ominous. Um, a dream sequence. The, Andy's nose was one third of his body. Oh, that is disturbing. No. Paddle Andy. <laughs> Paddle Andy. <laughs> Andy Fish. And I, 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 as usual, you remember this little fragment, but it stuck with me apparently that I could see in my dream a Facebook page from the Time to Lean and Here's a Song page, and that. Matthew P., one of our frequent listeners and guests, occasional guests, left a comment that said, Episode 50 needed a guest. <laughs> okay. And that, that, you dreamt I, that? Yeah, I actually dreamt that. Okay. All right. It, no, he did not actually say that. I, I didn't no. get any. I haven't we heard haven't anything released from him episode about. fifty yet. I haven't even started editing that. No, one. no, that's that's the thing, and <laughs> it's not out. In the dream, Matthew P was flying overhead, naked, with members of Duran Duran. I don't believe that dream analysis is a true science, but you must agree that's pretty messed up. Does it have a guest? No. <laughs> oh. So maybe it needed a guest. Maybe you're right. We could edit one in. <laughs> well we'll just out of context put andy's comments in, into episode hey, yeah we'll use this one we'll you, just splice them together do, now do that will be different some stray interjections that can be added I, i'd be happy to, oh. to rattle them off for you 
<laughs> but but poor... wouldn't be computer software to make this one. But okay, that aside, um, another thing that occurred to me is that Andy was many many years ago one of the first people. Actually, it was the very first podcast episode I ever made about old Star Trek. Andy and I made that episode. Yeah. The very, very first time. And before Rob and Eric got involved and all that stuff. and I remember that. I pushed Andy out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Andy, maybe, I don't know, you decided it. <laughs> I think it's just he doesn't want to be on the same podcast with Eric and Rob. I mean, what? Well, uh, as I recall, struggle. there was a, there were a lot of technical challenges getting that going. Oh, that, yeah. and that series was was really nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah it's a miracle also, we really got through it it, you it, had even a really, it took a, 10 years or something <laughs> you had a really aggressive schedule too and i <sighs> at, at the time there was no way to watch episodes online so like i had to find the dvds or something and so it was just <laughs> it was logistically hard for me to keep up to get the program watched on time and so forth yeah yeah very very different times i mean this this was i want to say 2000 six maybe or it was a long time ago yeah i I didn't know andy was involved with that he did the first one we just we made a one-off i think it was you might even call it a a pilot (laughs) sure (laughs) but did did we do it on the pilot or was it a different no i I, oddly enough (laughs) we we picked one from the middle of season two or i I think and that yeah well it wasn't spock's brain was it no it was uh this side of paradise where spock gets hit by the spores and goes nuts Oh, I knew it featured Spock. It was a Spock episode, and, and and it was a good one to discuss. But um, that was the first podcast episode so, I ever made. Appropriately enough, I am drinking from a Star Trek: The Original Series uh, pub glass. It has a silk screen of Captain Kirk holding a communicator, and he's <laughs> saying, "Set phasers on stun." Excellent. Huh? That's a good good thing for a drink. Well, well what are you drinking? Yeah, what are, we'll get, that, that, speaking that, of what that, a segue. Let's do it. Boy, he led us into that one. <laughs> well, so this is actually Clarbron Limoncello mm. with ice cubes from an ice cube tray. <laughs> not not this lousy refrigerator machine ice maker garbage. Oh, wow. These are good quality ice cubes. <laughs> so are you a uh, ice maker skeptic is that what you're well john's ice maker has been featured on several episodes <laughs> i think i'm just more yeah. of a pragmatist ice makers just in my experience have been uh prone to breaking down and filling your freezer with like lakes of ice so <laughs> i i know and i i i get that i really do uh Maybe it's, it's because I grew up with an ice maker, and I just, I don't know, I just like having one. And see, we did not have one growing up, so that might be the difference, you know. I think yeah. your parents did, were very practical you, about things, kind of yeah. things. Other my side grand, of the tracks. My grandparents had the one of those. Side of the, the other side of, at that time, Wilson Street. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my my grandparents had a metal those metal ones, remember, with the, um, oh, Oh, the lever you would lift to to break. Yeah, them? yeah, it was, oh, it was pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah, except when I, I could have gotten rust those. in your ice. No, oh. I think they're aluminum. Oh, okay. they weren't. Yeah, Th- these things never rusted anyway. Whatever. 
titanium. Maybe uh, maybe later I'll have a gin and tonic. What are you drinking, John? So today I have um, some Rittenhouse rye. Rittenhouse rye, it's a um, one of those... So long time ago, we've mentioned this before, but before rye got trendy again, there were basically three brands that you could get in the old man drunk section of the liquor store. <laughs> old Voldemort. There was Old Voldemort, a.k.a. Old Overholt. Um, there was Jim Beam, which has always had a rye variant. And then oh. Rittenhouse was the other brand that was pretty easily obtainable. And and I hadn't had it in many, many years and decided to try it again. And this is their bottled and bond version. So it's four oh. years old, 100 proof. And it's quite good. I like it. It's it's a very... Um, you know, it, it, it's a very non spicy not very it doesn't have that real kick that a lot of craft ryes have now so yeah. if so like some of the, the the local ones that are out and oh sure uh they they if, have a lot more spice forward they have kind of a kick and this one is very chill very fruity and it, what, it's, what kind it's of actually glass very is nice this in? what's that what kind of glass do you have this in um just a rocks glass with a really big Ice cube, a round one, or square. I try. I, yeah, I've tried it neat, and right now I've got it on ice. Okay, and it well, also neat first. Yeah, if you want to be a real snob, you have to drink it neat. <laughs> I, how, I, you know, the, speak it. How's the nose? <laughs> it, it's not. You know, it almost noses like a bourbon. It's for. It's made by. Uh, it sounds he, more he, like a bourbon. Than Heaven right. Hill, maker of Mellow Corn. <laughs> oh well. Now um, maybe maybe you've covered this on this podcast before, and so I, I apologize. But can you speak to what happens with like whiskey or rye when you add a little bit of water? It's, oh. it's more than just diluting it. Don't you? It think? opens it up. I I don't know the chemical <laughs> change it makes in the. It, it's it does it's really it. interesting though that. If you add water, and ice is kind of different because the temperature change basically oh, yes. kind of dulls everything. So um, that's kind of a separate thing. But but just adding small amounts of water to whiskey uh, obviously brings the alcohol by volume number down. But it it seems to make uh, changes to the to the whiskey, and in some I, I think some whiskeys react better to it than others. And, and then it, it, it kind of depends on what proof you start with. So if you have a really kind of anemic 40% ABV yeah. whiskey, if you add up very much water to it, it, the, the flavor kind of disappears or, mm -hmm. or you know, a lot of the characteristics get really dull and because it just kind of breaks down. But if you take a high proof or a cask strength, whiskey um those the great thing about cast strength whiskey is of course that you have more control over the dilution of it and so uh -huh. you can add a bunch of water or you can add just bits bit by bit and you get different levels of flavor and, and sometimes the flavor profile subtly changes when you add water to it interesting there's there's a lot of range about that and um get really whiskey nerd kind of stuff but uh that, that's part of the fun I, th I think just seeing how it changes and 
the more uh, I, I find this especially true with uh, heavily peated scotch. If you add water to it, it it's the most interesting to see the changes, and it can change the 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 smell as well as the the, the flavor. Yeah, and it does. It doesn't take much. No, no. I, I mean, it's there, there's a lot of Ralphie difference puts of opinion. A tablespoon in, but um, some people use little eyedroppers to to you just add a few drops at a time, and then like you know, inter, uh, YouTuber Ralphie, yeah, he'll he'll put an entire in. teaspoon in, which a lot of people think is crazy. <laughs> but, wow, that that's very small amounts. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a lot of people just put very but it changes tiny quite amounts. a bit, though. It it does change quite a bit. I mean, it's subtle, I guess, but I don't know. Def- I wonder what the chemical is. reason is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we need a scientist. Well, I'm sorry. That's not something I know anything about. <laughs> the, the, there, there's a lot of... Um, so, like, Phil, I think the other day I sent you a link to uh, an article about that, that some scientists had actually found oh, a way of, of, of detecting the age of whiskey without opening the bottle. <laughs> I don't quite, I don't quite understand that. I didn't read the whole article yet, but <laughs> how do you, how, do you just sniff around the, the, the top or no, do no, they... they don't open it. Yeah, they, they, they use, they, they use A some scanner to device to, to, to measure light or densities or something because, hmm. because uh, it's huh. really a, a well-known problem in the high end whiskey industry that there's a lot of counterfeit of forgeries of really old whiskey that gets sold for obscene prices to rich people so what 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 will happen is that somebody Poor will find, get a bottle that's from a say a 50 or 100 year old whiskey and refill it with something modern or cheap and mm-hmm. reseal it and and sell it as an original item of course, and of course the the what I think once they open the bottle, you can an expert can figure it out. But a lot of collectors will not ever open it, and so sometimes they they might never know. I think it's okay. I think I think that's a good a good a good market. Well, it, it is. Into. Although maybe it, it, maybe, it, maybe we could have a time to lean um, whiskey and say it's from the nineteen hundreds, and <laughs> the bottle is three thousand million dollars. Yeah. And, and and it's like anything else with art forgeries or other things like that. It it it's that that perceived value. If ever if you all think it is, then it doesn't really matter what's in the bottle. If they're not going to open it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that well, that's the, it's I mean it's still fraud, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> no, I I know, but it, it couldn't happen to better people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's first world problems doesn't scratch the surface, really. <laughs> well, anyway, they found some way to figure that out Yeah, uh, that, without even opening there, it. There, there's a lot of interesting, at least pseudoscience around it. <laughs> yeah, I do have to wonder if they actually can tell or if this is just yet another way to bilk these ultra rich collectors. Uh, oh, totally could be, yeah. I, th- no. I think there's some serious... Uh, industry funded the thing about it is is that i think the the scotch whiskey industry and it tends to be scotch more than other things because it just seems to go for the highest price that has a stake in having some legitimacy 
And so they'll actually hire scientists to do this kind of work. Yes, but suppose you were the kind of people who wanted to perpetrate the fraud of selling, you know, false bottles of old whiskey. Mm-hmm. A perfect way to get cover for that would be to invent such a device that can <laughs> prove that the scotch actually is 100 years old. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, then prove the scotch that you were handing off to people. Oh, okay. It sounds they're, like they're a really cahoots. boring movie. <laughs> no, they're only... See? All these scientists actually are in cahoots. They're all... They see, all get don't trust mil- them. Millions of scientists are all in a, on this thing, this the, this scam and global warming and uh, COVID. I Vaccinations. Mean, wow. <laughs> see, I mean, if, scientists the, are really... I, what I don't understand about the conspiracy nuts is why is no one saying that gravity is a big conspiracy? Or, or light. Or flat earth. <laughs> I, I suppose there actually... Are flat the, earthers. The, the flat earth... No, there are flat do, earthers. And they dispute gravity. <laughs> yeah. There are people that don't believe yes. in gravity, I guess. I don't know yeah. what they... what what ha- They just think it's in your shoes? or No, as, they, I, as I understand it, they believe the, the flat ground? earth is accelerating at 1G up. And oh, the, so it and, keeps us down. Yes, but you oh, must then okay. also, uh, I guess, say that the speed of light is uh, non-existent, because very soon we would exceed the speed of light if we kept accelerating that fast. No, dude. Okay, we that, that was a very uh... long explanation of what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what do you have? I made a Timber Point cooler. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I had some Campari in the in the fridge oh. and some gin a little bit of each of those things and so i thought well i'll try this i wanted something different and it's uh gin i mean the actual the actual drink has aperol but i uh i substituted for campari lime juice and simple syrup now you're supposed to shake that all up for a while in the shaker and the ice and uh um and then you top it with club soda and stir it gently, and and you garnish it with a with a cucumber. And I, so I got to use some of my uh, a cucumber slice, not a whole cucumber. <laughs> some of your mutant and cucumbers. <laughs> I got to use some of my mutant cucumbers. Yeah, they. I don't know what happened there. I never. I've never grown cucumbers before, and I probably should never ever again. They were very odd. But yes, so it has a cucumber slice. So it's got, you know, some sweetness there and uh, the cucumber is is definitely is definitely needed, I think. And I I'm guessing it I'm wondering if it's more on the smell affecting the taste. Um yeah, but, I could see that. But I probably if you leave it in there long enough, it's probably going to affect the taste more too, but anyway, <laughs> I might eat the cucumbers later. So that's that, what I had. That it, sounds it's from good. It's from some, I don't know, some beach resort out uh, out east. I just say I think my favorite gin drink would be a French seventy five, mm. which I believe is champagne, gin, oh. and some kind of citrus. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I've looked at that. I haven't made one yet, but um, I I was looking at that one day. 
Well, check that out. And we've actually come up with an easy way to impersonate because they make some... I don't know how close this is, but I think they make a uh, like a grapefruit tonic water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you make like a gin and tonic with this grapefruit tonic water, it it has a bit of an homage to the citrusy notes of that French 75. Okay. All so right. It's, it's mm. an easy and uh, tasty way to get going. <laughs> there you go. Smooth. Yeah, it's very smooth. Yes. But then next I'll have a grain belt. <laughs> oh, there you go. Because <laughs> that, was, that was way too fancy. That was refreshing. Very fancy it's probably for you. Yeah. It was at the end of the, uh, definitely at the end of the cooler season. I mean, the season's becoming cooler, so I'll, I'll not have coolers to drink probably. Well, and you have some Camparis, so you can make Negronis, right? Yes, I was going to do that, but then I thought, well, I don't know if I want a Negroni today. I might. Maybe I'll do that later. But when I make them, I don't, I don't do a third of each. It's vermouth is the third thing, right? I think that they do a third of each, and it's just too. I do, I do like more, more gin and a little bit less vermouth and a little bit less Campari, on mine. But whatever. It's a bastard Negroni. <laughs> kind of Winston Churchill style. <laughs> Not quite. You I'll just look just, at the. Look I'll at just it. drink the gin and look at the Campari yeah, bottle. Right. <laughs> I see. Like the old mash joke. Weren't they always talking about their martinis on mash? About the <laughs> waving in front of a picture of the person who invented <laughs> vermouth. That's right. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten that. That's great. Well, the, the the gin they always they always show them making sounds so bad with that still they have in the tent. Yeah, I can't Doesn't imagine. Like hook up to IVs and stuff like that or something. I I just can't remember. No. Maybe I'm mixing up the nurse or the the surgery no, it's, scenes it's, with that. It's not IVs and stuff. It looks like an actual still, but it the stuff that they that you can imagine coming out of it sounds awful. Yeah. And do they do they have any kind of botanicals there? Maybe they put kimchi in it or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what? Oh, I'm they, sure there's botanicals there. They they never really tell us. There is a Korean gin. It calls for pine, chamomile, coriander seeds, and a lovely boost of citrus from Jeju Halabong. The result is a surprisingly sweet but floral and gently spicy gin that goes down far too smoothly. I've had seven. I'm it seems sure. like that would. There's a whole missing episode where they're out foraging oh. juniper berries. <laughs> Come on, Alan Alda could totally. Oh, oh we'll have him as a guest. <laughs> he, he's into podcasting. Is he really? <laughs> oh yeah, he, he he does the science stuff, or he, or he had that show for a long time on PBS. The, oh, Alan Alda what's that called? Scientific American. Yeah, that was a good show. It was fun. Yeah. Somebody was trying to communicate about science. Alan Alda (laughs) now has a podcast called Clear and Vivid. Oh. And Uh he has various guests, and he talks about uh, communication. Alan Alda is really still into communicating science. It basically launched off of that Scientific American Frontiers show on PBS. 
and he has a whole center for communicating science that is part of some university somewhere. Oh, well, God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> we need him more great. than ever. And as I've mentioned before, I've also been really enjoying Al Franken's podcast. I have not checked that out yet. I should. It, it's Got very good. You know, he, <laughs> you know, it, it's obviously very political, but he, he even his ad reads are, are pretty funny. He he does he does this recurring one that he he does he's like supposedly <laughs> reading this character called Doctor Fauci, <laughs> but he does it in this kind of Brooklyn cab driver kind of voice. <laughs> wow! And then you know he he does the ad read with normal Al and like character Al voices, so he t- just talks back and forth with himself. <laughs> Oh, strange! <laughs> it, it's it's actually pretty funny. I, I it's one of the few po- podcast ads I don't just skip. It's time for a break. This part of the show is brought to you by the ad for the Al Franken Show. very Dylan-esque of you. <laughs> well, I thought I was going to have to re- re-record Cowboy Code and it has a harmonica solo. It does? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually did a harmonica solo on that one. People probably think it was part of the sequence, maybe, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean... You a... didn't even listen to it? <laughs> I did listen to it, like, twice. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> It's kind of at the bridge or something, or um, yeah, it's in the bridge. Oh, I don't know sad. why I thought I would. I thought I would try to do well. It's, it's funny because I was I was talking about um, I was thinking about um, bringing out the harmonica for one of our songs at some point, and then is that a metaphor? Bringing out the harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's time to bring out the harmonica, folks. It's a, it's a euphemism. <laughs> That's what I really should if i wasn't <laughs> too much bottled in bond nah. Fine. and then i poured some more and made a manhattan out of it so there you go say so the the manhattan transfer it, it, it's saturday I, it's okay yeah well <laughs> lately friday has been my uh, uh over over imbibing day unfortunately oh, that's i was the only bad day. i was bad what? last night i after i Heard the bad news about Ginsburg uh, it was part of it. Yeah. I, I I had several rounds of <laughs> scotch. <laughs> Drown our sorrows. Uh, that oh my sucked. god! Uh, no, I, I I'm guessing there are a lot of hungover people this morning, or were were. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming RGB for <laughs> my uh, my drinking, but. Oh no! Oh no! But Friday is this it's kind of my only day that I let myself watch the news for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. A half hour. I mean I right. 
Now it's the news hour. Oh, it's still an hour. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's more like if you count the the ads, it's probably fifty minutes. But <laughs> well, I get you know I get the headlines from places, but oh yeah, I don't actually watch a newscast. I for some reason I I watch it on Fridays. Well, yeah, the the, the two old white guys around there still uh, Shields and Brooks. And, and David Brooks, uh-huh. if you're listening, we'd like to have you as a guest. So why why, Omar, why uh, Brooks and not Shields? No, I was just going to say. So, so Shields but, said you'd, he'd be on the show, you'd, you'd turn him down? <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> you're a David Brooks person. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just, I'm not, it's not that I'm not curious about Mark Shields. I just, I'm just, I'm kind of, I don't know much about David Brooks uh, as a person. And maybe he wouldn't want to talk about it, that kind of thing. Maybe he's just... This is what I think, and I'm going home. Don't t- don't ask me these personal questions. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That would be a really short You have a cast. weird thing with him. I don't know. I, I don't think it... It's not like I don't have a crush on him or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know what it is. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really curious. I mean, he spent years on these quote-unquote, you know... Liberal media has been he's, no, he's no. The, he still he, shows up on NPR every so often. Hello, yeah, and he's the he's the the conservative commentator. Right, right. Speaking of conservative, is Andy's back? Ah, that was a and that I, was not a good segue. I have a new beverage too. Do tell. Oh, well, what is well, that? I have a Barb Ruby Belgian Creek cherry ale now wait that k-r-i-e-k is a german word i don't know it's some kind of of beer but it has cherry flavor okay and i'm not sure the process behind it but it's i haven't even tasted it yet okay we'll taste it we're we're listening you smelled it first good you just got the smell going (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow that's some intense cherry flavor. Mm. It doesn't no. even smell or taste much like um, beer. It's it's very foamy. It took me a while. That's why it took me a while to come back. It just was foaming up and over. Oh. It's tart. Just like kind of a, a sour cherry flavor, really. Well, how's it compared to that uh, cherry cider that you used to get on the way to Hill City? <laughs> five cents a glass or <laughs> did you ever did you ever do that i we never said, i never no. got it no, we I can't really your no. dad wouldn't stop what a what a jerk no we no, we, we only we had to every time we only stopped at the buffalo burger stand in hill city and got a sunday and we had a particular uh-huh. kind of sunday we wanted it's called a dusty road oh <laughs> So it's, oh, it's I, okay. vanilla, vanilla soft serve ice cream, chocolate syrup, marshmallow fluff, uh-huh. whipped cream, <laughs> malt powder. Yeah, that's the dusty uh, part of the dusty. Yeah, road that's important. Oh, yeah. Yum. Oh, the malt powder. That's what makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I discovered malt powder. Boy, my my wife is a a big fan of that particular Sunday. Oh, I I thought it was unique too. No, you know, no, it, heard of it. It's it turns up at other places. Sometimes custard places will do it, or oh. yeah. So it wasn't I just. I never them. heard of it. it. 
if you know a place in the Twin Cities that makes it, I, I want to go get one. Any listeners can comment in, on our Facebook page. So Andy can have a Dusty Roads. Dusty Roads and Marshmallow Fluff are terrible porn names. Because the Marshmallow Fluff is sometimes available at, at ice cream shops. The malt powder right. is really the thing that they often don't have. But if they make chocolate malts, they might have it there. Yeah, you have to ask them to yeah. put it in, though. You do have to do. You have to tell them how to make it. That yeah, that it's like a secret handshake. Know. Yeah, a dusty <laughs> you, road. So mm. yeah, so go to Dairy Queen and say, tell the you know the no Dairy Queen wouldn't have it. No, sure they got malt powder. Oh, they might not have fluff. Oh. Bring your own fluff. Oh, Bring they your won't own let you do that. Mm-hmm. They won't yeah. let you do that. <laughs> Would they? You well, could put it in later. And mm. I don't know that. Getting the marshmallow right is hard because some marshmallow fluff is too, like, gooey, and it hits the cold yeah. ice cream and it kind of congeals into like a lump, and that's that's <laughs> not right. It needs to be really fluffy and soft so that even when is it gets there a cold, separation? you so you want to be able to get that perfect right? scoop, right? The spoonful that's got the ice cream, the chocolate, the marshmallow, the malt, and the whipped cream <laughs> all together. That sounds good. Yeah. Wow. I'm lactose intolerant, and I'd eat that. Whoa. Well, maybe it could be made with, like, an almond-based ice cream. Oh, that doesn't sound as good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll take a lactaid. Tonight's sponsor is Lactaid. No. Just kidding. That, that, so, speaking of that, um, the Black Hills, I we <laughs> Phil and oh, I were... the hills, we, sure. We're talking about, or maybe I just dreamt it. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell nowadays it, what's real. It really is that <laughs> fake life. Maybe we should we we would have some reunion special for all the people that worked at Horse Thief Campground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we I could, could be the moderator because I never worked there. You weren't, the, but we could get Lee and Eric, Eric, John, Jeff, and didn't Rob show up at some point too? <laughs> Did he work though? No, he he was never employed no, there. Fortunately. <laughs> but he and I did go sailing together once while I was working there and he got a an infamous sunburn. Oh. See, I think that that gets him in. He's never been the same. I think it just fried his brain. Poor guy. <laughs> the horse the horse thief campground reunion special. <laughs> Coming we soon. It, we could record it at that cabin across the street. <laughs> the lodge. The lodge, yeah, the... with the broken toilets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of the lodge. The, the it's either the broken toilets or the giant trout mutant trout swimming in the old pool. Well so the broken toilets, the idea was that it was it was like a bed and breakfast kind of building and there had a lot of bathrooms for each of the different suites. And they must have at some point replaced or planned to replace some of the toilets but they kept the old ones in like a closet somewhere yeah right well, you so, never why Why would you throw away a perfectly good broken toilet it was it was partially good <laughs> but one-way yeah. toilet yeah <laughs> i think the idea is you could cannibalize this might have a broken bowl but the tank was fine oh, or, and then right cause, yeah somebody was from the depression era so they saved everything also, the bathhouse, yeah. the bathhouse at that property had had pink toilets in the ladies' restroom and blue toilets in the men's restroom. 
See, I don't remember and, that. Uh, no, because I remember this because at some point we had to cannibalize and we built this bastardized half pink, half blue toilet. <laughs> There's a lot of bastards and cannibals being referenced in this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. Poor yeah. word choice. This episode, yeah. bastards and cannibals. <laughs> Done. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> what, what have no. I done? All right. Now, now, I think we need to we need to get to the quiz show. Yes, oh, please. Well, first, first, talk a little, first, no, first talk a little bit about, or, or we have to come back to your experiences working together up there. Because I, I went up there to visit a couple times, and that was kind of that was a cool area. We don't have to talk about that, I guess. The campground. The campground. Sure, working at working at the campground. So we could come back to that after the quiz show. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. It, I'm sure there's lots of old stories we can tell. Whether it's interesting to anyone is arguable. Well, people like stories. <laughs> Even if they're not interesting. That's why the, that's why there's so many podcasts. Okay. No. Okay, so, fine. So here's, A quiz show. Okay, here's the quiz show. Andy's quiz show. We're going to find out who's in the know. Andy's quiz show. Ready, get, set, go. So we're gonna we're gonna pit the two of you against each other to see who can win the quiz show. So and the theme behind this comes from the chemical process behind all alcoholic beverages, and that is fermentation. So tonight's quiz, fermentation. This okay. first question uh, is for you, Phil. Oh, so no. seven. I went to Uncle Frankie's on Broadway, and I ordered a veggie hot dog with ketchup, mustard, and pickles. What product of fermentation do all of those condiments have in common? Okay, what were the three things again? Pickles. Ketchup, ketchup, pickles, and mustard. They all have vinegar. That's correct. Good job. Oh. Vinegar is oh produced wow. by fermentation. I have yes. already lost. <laughs> no, I'm just surprised I got one. I, I know some science things. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, wise guy. Um, can you think of another fermented food that is often put on hot dogs in addition to those comments? Sauerkraut. That's right. All right, so it's tied up one to one. <laughs> Woo! Now, let's, let's is really this the dig in here. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple more questions. It's gonna go. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So no, this if, is fun. What if you wanted to add some spicy flavor to your hot dog for some reason? Can you think of a fermented food that adds spice? Fermented food. Who is this for? Spice. This is me. I guess. That's, I, I guess it's, it's back time. to Phil. Okay, yeah. Phil. Go. I don't know. Is kimchi spicy? You put that on a hot dog. Actually, kimchi is fermented, and it is sometimes spicy. It wasn't the answer I was looking for, but I'll give you credit. So it's two to one. John, back oh. to you. Can you think of a, That's spicy, like a, half point. a spicy topping? Sometimes it's maybe put on, on eggs more than hot dogs. No, I think I know what it is now. A spicy topping? You know, a condiment. Okay. It's not ketchup. It's not John, you're the condiment king, I but know, John, I'm... I think the egg thing threw him off because John never puts a condiment on his eggs. Oh, okay, Phil. Think. Then it's back to you. Your chance to pull ahead, three to one. 
I mean, people put paprika on on hard boiled eggs. I'm sorry, paprika is. Uh, but that's a spice. Not, that's it's not, not fermented. A fermented food. This is still I was a condiment. For, right? I was looking for Tabasco sauce. Oh, back to the vinegar thing. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, people, Tabasco people is, that not, on their eggs. is not made with vinegar. Tabasco, there's a great How It's Made episode. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Tabasco is fermented chilies. Well, that's so funny because it sure tastes it, like vinegar. It does, but it's probably not, possibly some acetic acid, which is the chemical in vinegar, but it may also include, yeah, no, I guess acetic acid is, that's what I was thinking. So I had a mental blank breakdown there. I, like it's I said, I, le- I, left, I left science 20 years ago, so. And you've been drinking. And uh, Yes, this cherry barb, it's really just disturbed me. Okay, so okay. where are we? Where are we at? Oh, no. Two, two Where to one. Two to one. No one got Tabasco. Oh, but you got okay. kimchi, so I gave you I gave you credit. So it's three to one. So this question, I guess, goes back to John. Sure. Um, fermentation is a process where cells are converting sugar into energy. Oh, shit. That's why, the, that's why they do it. So what is the one chemical factor that determines if fermentation results in alcohol or vinegar? So think about like wine. Have you ever heard of wine going bad? Yes. When does that happen? When does that happen? Um, is it amount of oxidiz- oxidization? Oxidation. That's correct. Fermentation <laughs> no, in the presence of guess. oxygen yep. will yep. result yep. Okay. in All right. vinegar being produced instead of alcohol. It's a fine okay. line. Okay. Yeah. Two to three, but it's now it's Phil's turn. Oh. Okay. Now we're going to move away from food into other uses for fermentation. Mm. Which of these following products is not a product of fermentation? <laughs> your, okay. your mother. Indigo dye, linen napkins, bicycle tires, or automotive fuel? Which one of them is not? Is not. So three of them are the. So product. three of them are. Yes, <laughs> I would have never known. I would have never thought any of the four were. What? what which were the four again? Sorry. Indigo dye, napkins, linen dye. napkins, bicycle tires, or automotive fuel. Okay, those two things have petroleum, so I'm going to. So there's a commonality there. So I'm going to pick. Linen napkins. I'm sorry. Linen napkins are created through a process of fermentation. Yes, so linen is actually made from the stalks of a little blue flower called flax. And the stalk has fibers in it that are very strong, but there's also a lot of other plant material in there. So what they do is they let that material ferment and the fermentation breaks down that extra material leaving just the nice strong fibers that then can be washed and cleaned and spun into thread what okay yes. very cool so the, the, the correct answer the correct answer let me just go through indigo dye is also fermented yeah uh, there are other commercial ways to do it but traditionally it was done through fermentation mm. because indigo requires what's called a reduced state to be an effective dye and the way you get that reduced state is to cover it and let it ferment. And the, the fermenting uh, organisms consume all the oxygen, and that creates a reduced environment. So the chemical reaction that makes indigo um, 
work can be present. It's actually kind of interesting. In the reduced state, it's this clear kind of yellowy green liquid, and you'll soak your fabric in it. And then when you bring it out into the air, it turns into the blue, actually crystallizing inside the fiber. As little what? tiny, yes, little tiny blue crystals of the indigo I can uh, see molecule. It. And that's what causes the blue. Like in your blue jeans, it's, it's an indigo dye. And so you could indigo dye a linen napkin. You, oh, certainly, yes. Oh my goodness, that's double so, fermentation. <laughs> automotive fuel, I was thinking of ethanol, which is big in the Midwest here, where you take corn and you ferment it to produce uh, alcohol, uh, and yep. that is used as fuel in cars. No. So, yeah. Bicycle tires, I was, I was trying to think of something tricky. They are produced through an interesting chemical reaction where latex rubber from trees is made more durable by uh, basically putting sulfur into it. And that's called vulcanization, but that's not fermentation. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So it's, it's still, it's still, I'm not keeping track, so I think it's still three to two. So, John, here's your chance to tie it up. Yeah. Oh, no. We need a lightning round. So, suppose you're looking for a drink for your nightly podcast, <laughs> nightly. but you're, you're, you're all out. Nightly. Every night. So, what animal could you put in a highball glass full of water to create (laughs) ethanol? An animal? Yes, you have a glass, a highball glass full of water, and you put this animal in there, and it will create alcohol. So it's it's got to fit in the glass, so that you 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 can deduce that much. It's not an elephant. It's a blue whale. Not a raccoon. Yeah. No, <laughs> you can feel <laughs> it's not a battlefish. No, that's a closer guess than an elephant, though. <laughs> Oops! Why am I helping? This really? is terrible. Um, no, this right. is hard. I'm sorry, you're Andy's, Andy's five sec- using five this seconds a... left. Okay. Tick tock, tick tock. Say something. <laughs> I. Uh, oh, no. we just reeled that out. <laughs> a paddlefish wouldn't fit in a highball glass, so oh. I'm going to say no. No, I, I was thinking of a goldfish. Okay. Yes, goldfish. A goldfish makes alcohol? Most animals are capable of some limited, what's called, anaerobic respiration. So, like, yeah. if you think if you work out uh, and your muscles get sore, that's because our bodies produce lactic acid when our cells need energy and there's not enough oxygen. But goldfish actually are adapted to living in murky, stagnant water, which can go for long periods of time without enough oxygen. So they actually have sort of gone back to the old days strategies of yeast and have the capacity to produce energy from their food without oxygen and produce alcohol as a side effect. So yeah, you could, you could <laughs> wow. put a goldfish in a glass. You know, this this reminds me because my first two pets were Starsky and Hutch. They were two goldfish. And I don't remember which one died. I think it was Hutch. But we had Starsky for a long time, and I think he was always drunk, now that I think back. So, okay, maybe I would have guessed that. I don't know. All right, I had a tiebreaker ready, but oh. um, okay. really, I, I, I think Phil's won it. Uh, but this would be your chance... And the first person is to, uh, I think I'll give you a point each for each correct answer you shout out. So this this oh, is a no. wild card. Anything could happen. So be, have your hands on the buzzer. And here we go. 
<laughs> this is this is the Japanese dinner. The other day, I went out to our favorite Japanese restaurant to get takeout. Kimchi. As I looked on the menu, I spied five different Japanese foods that are the product of fermentation. Can you guess what they were? Uh, kimchi, right? That's one. Well, kimchi no? is Korean. That's Korean. That's Korean, yeah. That's Korean. Oh, no. Uh, they have some kind of a slaw. Uh, pickles. Oh yeah, they have a pickle dish. Yes, pickles are fermented. One point. Okay. Oh, like the red. Uh, so, so now it's now it's five to two. Come on. Oh the oh yeah the uh, ginger um maybe pickle ginger? the ginger. Yeah, that's the same thing. I, I would pickle ginger. I, I would say that's that would be the pickled product. Yes. Yes. You'd have on. Okay. All right. All right. What about? Well, give John a point too. Think, that's fine. Think. Okay. So then it's four to three. Oh <laughs> uh, well, um, the sauce, the the fish or the. Different soy sauces sauce? they have. Soy sauce. Yes, it's oh, tied up. Yeah. Four to See, four. I, I, helped, I helped them, though. Well, you're thinking out loud. I get loud. half a point. <laughs> okay, okay, so... Four and a half to four. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 4. maybe something you might... Say. What would you drink in a Japanese? Sake. Oh. There you go. Or yes, beer. Sake. That's right. Sake and beer are both fermented products. And so whiskey. Now we're, uh, I think it's still... Sake. It's still tied know. up now. Five to five. What oh. about if you... What about the, a hot beverage or a, a maybe a tea? other hot liquid you uh, might have, of, say, maybe before the meal? What, tea? That's right. Black tea well, is I fermented. Tea. Black yes. tea is fermented? John, I has, know. John has pulled in the lead, uh, Phil. It's oh, now I six to five. I said tea before he That's did. messed up. I said yeah. tea before he did. Um, now, uh, I'm, I'm getting too looking, competitive. I'm looking to you know what? for an official I, I, ruling. I is there more? The, the fish sauce. But, well, okay, fine. Uh, the fish I think, sauce, I think, is Vietnamese. Yeah. We, yeah, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting my Asian cuisine mixed up. Yes. Okay, fine. How about we tied. Pico breadcrumbs or rice? No. Are we still going? I was looking fermented. for... Sticky rice has vinegar Miso in it. soup. Miso is... Oh, miso soup. soup. Yes, yes. Oh, miso soup. So, Phil, I'm sorry. John just... Uh, rushed you I, in the Japanese not, fermented foods category, and so he wins I'm not six to five. This. Congratulations, I said, John! I, I think we we're, we're we're kind of tied. Me so sorry. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so there we go. Mr. Science says uh, podcast trivia. Andy's quiz show. We're gonna find out who's in the know. Andy's quiz show. Ready, get, set, go. I think think, uh, Andy's using this episode as a a way to audition to get on Alan Alda's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Alan Alda listens to this podcast? Oh, he's, he, uh, he's, he's, I think he's our... Listener from the Philippines. <laughs> it's Alan Alda. <laughs> it's rerouted somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he, he wouldn't want people to know, so he'd probably use Tor no. or something to reroute he's, his internet traffic. Maybe he's recently moved he's to too, New Zealand. He's too clever. <laughs> he's too clever. That's terrible. Fine. Well, I'm going to use the restroom again, so you guys, oh, talk, about the, the, you, you guys right. talk about the campground. Okay. <laughs> Tonight's episode was brought to you by Linea Sketch. Linea Sketch voted number one iPad app of the year. Now available for free on the iStore. Is it? Available for iPhone and iPad. Oh, yeah. Linea Sketch is free now. Oh. It has like 
uh, Nagware. In-app. In-app purchase. In-app in -app subscription, but it basically works without it. Oh, that's what everybody does now. Yeah. It's the truth is it's hard to make a living uh, making apps in the app store. Oh, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Pe people really don't want to pay for things. That no. turns out. <laughs> well, and the problem for me is Apple has positioned software as having very little value. You'll pay a thousand dollars for the iPhone, yeah, but more than ninety nine cents for an app, and people are are screaming bloody murder. Yeah, it's messed up is, actually. Apple doesn't let you do the traditional model of a paid upgrade. On or, or even trials stuff. I mean, so there's some ability to do trials and more actually in iOS 14. Mm -hmm. But still you can't do the traditional model of paid upgrades. So when we introduced this, this rollout, there were some people who were really annoyed. Like the one thing we do if you're not a subscriber is we watermark images when you export them. Right. And some people were really upset, and they were saying, just give me back version 2. I don't want this. And it's not up to us. We can't do it. Apple doesn't let you. If you had a Mac, you could install the old version if you wanted. But on an iPhone, it's very difficult. Only if you'd done the iTunes backup, you could restore an old version. But then you'd have to turn off the App Store automatically updating. So, Yeah, you have to yeah. play these dumb games. Yeah, it's... It's really frustrating. Yeah. It's very I, I've, frustrating. I've kind of been following all the the drama with some of the big developers and stuff like that. With with Hay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the uh, Fortnite and all that shit. And... Yes, Fortnite. Wow. Yeah. That's, that, that's crazy. They're yeah. really taking it head on, and I just don't see a way that it's going to end well for them. Yeah. But also at the same time, I can see why they did it, because I didn't even realize that there are certain companies that get to break the rules. Oh yeah, yeah, like Netflix. It's not and... <laughs> fair to the rest of us. You know, right. Amazon, you can in-app purchase Amazon content for video. Right. In the app now. And it bills to your credit card that's on file with Amazon. It doesn't go through Apple's in-app purchase. Right, they don't get their cut. That's 100% Which is against the rules. Uh not how everybody else has to do it. And in, in very in Apple's own discussion around the the litigation with uh, Fortnite, yeah, they're saying you know we've banned thousands of developers for doing stuff like this, and yet there is an app on their platform, and everyone knows they're doing it. And Apple mm -hmm. just turns the other cheek. It's because, not fair. because of who they are. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. And the, the problem is, it's not an open marketplace. It's this is monopolies. No, and, and something is going to have to give on this. I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't... The antitrust thing isn't quite fitted either, probably because our antitrust law is does, doesn't fit <laughs> anymore. But, I know. Uh, it's... Has anybody asked Elizabeth Warren what we should do? She's always got ideas. <laughs> she can figure this out. And I don't mean that facetiously. No, I, accidentally... I, I get it. I, oh. she, she would... Yeah, I it, it it's a pro it's pro it's a problem. Apple has this, you know, they they really are feel feeling very entitled to their, yeah. their good old thirty percent blah 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 control that they've I, had for years, which is which is actually quite like arbitrary. It sounds like the president. But on the, the other hand, has a it's, good control over thirty percent. You know, like um, 
if you're a game developer like like Epic and Fortnite, and you want your thing on the PlayStation Four or the Xbox or whatever, you pay them thirty percent as well. But it's somehow different there, <laughs> because they've always done, apparently Nintendo kind of pioneered the whole thirty percent cut thing. But it's uh, yeah, it, it, obviously there's going to have to be a lot of the stuff hashed out, and it's what Apple is getting is not exactly fair. Well, somehow the, the... it feels different for me, like the gaming consoles, mm-hmm. because the devices themselves, you know, are sold almost at a loss. Everyone knows that that yeah. they're essentially a subsidized product because they're going to make it up in their commission. Yeah. On other on the games that are shipped on that platform. So it would be okay if Apple did the same thing. I could get a Mac for thirty dollars. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but then every app Computer. that you run would, would cost you know <laughs> seventy dollars right. now. If that that's what the yeah. new console price is. Seventy. New mail oh. only seventy dollars. Right, right. No. Oh. <laughs> Google Chrome. Hundred dollars a year. It, it's interesting how people are don't get really conditioned, ideas. like to, to to basically pay nothing for a game they'll run on their phone or their iPad or whatever, and yet seventy dollars is legitimate for a console game. Yeah, well, I think one of the things is the console doesn't come built in with dozens and dozens of super high quality games. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to buy the first game you play on it. You pay for it. Yeah, that, that, that's an old. It might it might come with Mario Brothers <laughs> on an iPhone. Yeah, when day oh. one it has weather, a web browser, a mail client, stock apps. Like it's just loaded with functionality. Yep, for free, and then most of the apps are a, a dollar. Yeah, so and, it's, and it's like just... so, um, this past summer I I bought a PlayStation Four and. I basically couldn't. I couldn't do much of anything with it. I mean, I guess I could put a Blu-ray in it and watch a movie, but there wasn't a lot to do on there without paying paying somebody. Yeah. And so, I don't know if we're going to actually be glad we made the change to make Linea free, but we weren't making much money at six bucks. Pay for it. Yeah, which which so, I mean is high for an app, but is actually still really cheap. Yeah. So our thought was, okay, we'll make it free. We'll put this nag, basically call it nagware. Yep. So the app periodically prompts you, says, hey, please support the development. And the thought was, well, even if like 1% of the people actually do that, we'll probably get more than 100 times as many users because it's free now. Yeah, it's like this um, <laughs> kind of related thing, but um, I, I use this Twitter app on my phone that... Twitterific? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually made by the same uh, company that we collaborated with on Linea Sketch. That's right. They're both made and by Icon Factory. I actually paid them 30 bucks for a, quote, lifetime <laughs> version of it. And you know what? I, I open it every day, and I'm always glad to have it because I don't see ads, and it works well, and all that stuff. And it for me, that was worth it. What that's, else did they that's do? That's great to hear. Yeah. It, I, what, what else does it do besides block ads, though? It's not just an ad um, blocker, it, is it? it does it, it help it, organize it things? It does a very... It, it'll actually display tweets in a in linear fashion. doesn't fuck with them. Like yep, the, it's like chronological. The, yep, exactly. So, like, the the official Twitter app will not only put ads in your 
uh, feed or whatever they call it, timeline. And um, the, this, but it, it sorts them to, to, to present the stuff that it thinks will be most engaging. Exactly. Yeah, it's very Facebook like, oh. and um, yeah, and and the Twitterific app just puts them in straight order, and that I can go back and and look at stuff or skip them or whatever, and I don't see any crap. And it, it, it just seems cut? like, I mean, it works really, it's a good app, it really is. Does Twitter get a, a piece of that to let it use to work on Twitter? Um, I don't I, think so. The, the, but do they have to pay something for the API for that, or is it just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. If they know somebody. Be, because you know, Facebook and it's, Twitter have different approaches, so there's no third-party Facebook apps. So at no, some point so they they had yeah. different ways of, of letting people have access to their platform. There will be no additional third party Twitter apps. That's right. That's, they did yeah. cut that so off. So Twitterific basically yeah got brought in because they were there back when Twitter had a public API. It's like the, and them when, and Tweetbot are the two big ones probably. Yes. Yep. And they actually gave them a limited number of users. So at some point Twitterific uh. won't be able to support new users. Because yeah. they'll have exhausted their their allotment of, of of connections. Well, we should just all move to that uh, Chinese uh, TikTok. Not not for long. <laughs> oh yeah, no! Good that's luck with that. Oh, now that's now not, from that's Oracle, work. right? Oh fucking Oracle! Maybe huh. maybe <laughs> that doesn't seem like a. a and th- a th- and that's only because Larry Ellison marriage. is a Trump fan. Oh. Well, wow. Yeah. But I also see Tim Cook kind of, you know, kowtowing to him a little, too. Yeah, I, I've been really disappointed with, with Cook's uh, kind of kind of bending <laughs> to, well, to not... Apple in China is a little different. Well, that's another thing altogether. <laughs> but I, I just feel like, yeah, Tim Tim Cook at Apple has been just a little bit well, too accommodating to Trump. What's their goal now? Is just to make uh, what? What's Apple's goal right now? I mean, uh, is it just kind of a domination <laughs> besides, thing? Of, besides uh, making shit tons of money. Well, yeah. Is it? Is that it? Because I don't think that was the initial. Uh... <laughs> well, they're they're a publicly traded company. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what everybody money. forgets is that if Tim Cook yeah. doesn't um, do this kind of stuff. He'll get fired. the The shareholders will rise up and get rid of him. I'm also not surprised to see him working with the current administration, because he's got a business to run and he needs cooperation from the government. I get that. Yeah, no, no, you got to work with China. Most CEOs do in public companies. Yeah, and China makes most of the things, so don't they? Oh yeah, just about everything is manufactured in China. Exactly from from Apple. Well, the... Biden's going to change that. Apple's going to be <laughs> really the, all the iPads. All the iPads will be produced in uh, Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> at, at old Ford factories. Yeah, they'll convert them over. Well, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania will uh, make uh, some of the. Uh, oh, I don't know the notebooks or something. Wisconsin can make a few too. <laughs> sure. Hey, wait a minute, Minnesota. We're we're known for our apples. There's got to be a some kind. Can't. Actually, there's really good Macintosh apples in New York. No, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, upstate New York. Oh, they have Broadway. Oh, never mind. They don't. So I, I want to know more about the campground. 
I like yes, I like the old please. stories. Although okay. we are, although maybe we, or although although maybe we don't. I one one story I remember hearing, and I don't know if this was is true, but so there was a pool at the lodge across the street from the campground that had a trout. <laughs> and this uh, might require I, a little bit of introduction. Well, and I, so one of but, the uh, but but I do but what one of the features of the campground was a trout fishing pond. So we we ah. actually purchased trout from Trout Haven. They actually have a a hatchery program and you can buy fish from them. And so we stocked this little pond that was fed from the creek through a little pipe full of trout, yeah. way more trout than would naturally ever live in a pond that size. Oh, it's and easier so, to catch them. Yeah, we fed them fish feed every night. So you'd go and you'd throw <laughs> food out and they, the whole surface of the pond would erupt with all these fish wow. eating the, the food. And sometimes we'd fish there just for fun and just throw them back. But one time we thought, you know, there's this old derelict pool that's no longer in use. It was was behind a fence, but it was just groundwater filled. Um, There wasn't running. There was no chlorine. And on a lark, my dad threw that little fish in the old pool. (laughs) Yep. And we thought, I don't know, just let's see what happens. (laughs) Oh, it's an experiment. Yeah. And it, it turns out. Uh, must be a lot of grasshoppers jumped in that pool by accident because by the end of the summer that fish was huge oh, so we wow. actually went fishing in the swimming pool and <laughs> caught and caught the trout and it was it was big i think we probably had it for dinner oh okay let's back up just a second but i remember another story yeah go ahead phil you you tell me well, what you're thinking I, of well i i i was led to believe that your dad perry r <laughs> Would uh, wake up, I don't know, he probably woke up at three in the morning or some crazy thing, and would get out there and swim with that trout buck naked. That's what I heard. Every morning. Every morning. It kept him alive. It It was invigorating. Well, I don't know if it's true I can neither confirm nor deny my father's (laughs) habit of of what he called skinny dipping. I think it's probably gone out of fashion today. But why? Uh, Skinny dipping was fun. Yeah, it was just I a only prag- it. it was just a pragmatic thing if he did or did not engage in it of <laughs> of of getting cooled off in in a in a creek or a little pond or something. Well, yeah, so maybe it wasn't just in the morning, it was after a hard day's of work. Theoretically, if he did or didn't do it, he you know, a hard day's of work and you'd get in that pool and cool off. And the and that was an added benefit for the ladies at the campground. They'd have yeah. their binoculars where I they were co- say, Probably he didn't skinny dip in that pool. It was right along the highway, very visible. In my experience, True. one would skinny dip in places that aren't highly visible. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to skinny dip <laughs> in that. How, other, how did this that, um, idea... How did that story come from? <laughs> did Eric make it up? Eric had a... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somehow this idea got... got circulated that Perry was was swimming (laughs) naked with the giant fish. I I think I also remember a variant where the fish was radioactive. (laughs) And or a mutant. And or sentient. Well, because it was the size of an alligator or something. Yeah, it was more like probably 14 inches, which is good for a rainbow trout, but not Hmm. unusual. Well... There's there's certain fish that um, 
if you, uh, in, I think in the Amazon or something, if you're pee in the water or whatever, they'll bite your penis. So I, but a trout doesn't do that. I don't so. think that's their their sole source of nourishment, though. <laughs> <laughs> penis. What are they? What they attracted to the nitrogen? I don't know what. It, what I don't know. What, I I need to look that up. It's fermented, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> If, if your pee is coming out fermented, you have a problem. That would be like a yeast infection. You should get it checked out. Now, we, we drink so much whiskey. That's probably... Okay, fine. Eric, wow. working with Eric, that, would have been a, that must have been interesting. Probably one of my favorite memories of working with Eric was on the old ditch digging detail. The Culver's. Oh, no, the ditch digging. And it was, it was the you summer were like before prisoners. I was, I was going to be a drum major for the first time and so we actually turned ditch digging into uh drum major lessons because eric had been a drum major <laughs> as well a couple of years previous yes and so we worked out a salute and practiced like what you do with a baton for the various signals for <laughs> controlling the parade march what so you that do was with actually really really useful <laughs> yeah you know you hold it up in the air when you blow the whistle to to start we've had uh, two forward. former drum majors on this podcast wow <laughs> at least as far as we know yes I, I have another side gig job i work on that has uh, three out of the four of us are former drum majors <laughs> <laughs> what, what 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 was it how so what was the connection to ditch digging the rhythm I mean, you, uh, no, no. The, we, we, the, the the connection was ditch digging is something you did off in the woods, just the two of us, so we could not dig the ditch and goof off. And really, there was no oh, evidence. Okay, we it wasn't said, like a part of the. We just say we hit bedrock, and we did that so many times. My dad caught on, and he actually then went one afternoon and finished the entire ditch, and was like, "You guys were just goofing off up there," but he didn't actually really dig it. He just like swept the pine needles aside it turns out there was bedrock under the entire route we were trying to bury this water line so it was basically an impossible task to dig a three-foot <laughs> ditch or whatever he wanted because there's just solid rock built the backhoe no he didn't use the backhoe he just took a shovel <laughs> yeah oh so yeah. you were kind of right yeah so in my mind this was a pointless activity we cannot dig a ditch here we might as well learn how to be drum majors <laughs> and the other the other uh related job was painting picnic tables yeah that actually served a function because it yeah. was nice to have a a nicely painted picnic table with that but barn you know, red paint that barn red paint yes yeah, i did get in trouble once on july 3rd there was a camp a, a campsite and and the there was a really cute girl who was camping with her family so my friend Jamie and I, we concocted to go paint the picnic table at the campsite across from them. Uh-huh. But we, we inadvertently grabbed... The latex paint would have been one thing, but in a couple hours that would be dry. We had grabbed the oil paint that takes Oops. like 24 hours to dry. And no. it was the 4th of July weekend. Every site oh, was no. booked. So the campers who came to the site with the wet painted picnic table complained, and I got big in trouble with my my parents on the campground yeah so we then had to go and staple like plastic wrap all over that table so that the the <laughs> paint was covered oh and so that was that was a life lesson about 
choices you make and, and whether one should or should not paint a picnic table with oil-based paint on July 3rd just because there's a cute girl. And I think and the answer also, to that is you, you shouldn't. No. <laughs> and also, you know, these cute girls. You'll find another one later. Yeah. Maybe. It, it, turns <laughs> or, out, or, or, it turns out I did. So, yeah, yeah. moral of the story. That's, <laughs> I love this fable. We should get this written up by uh, Anderson or whoever it is. Takes care Anderson of. Cooper? Uh, no, Anderson's <laughs> fairy tales. Oh, yeah. Hans Christian Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Is if he's still around. <laughs> that guy. Weren't, weren't there brothers? No, I'm confusing two different things. Oh, whatever. Fine. They, they, that's, that's, that's a grim, grim analogy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Oh, fine. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. Do we have any other stories about... Okay. I never swam naked with a trout, and maybe your dad never did either. Oh, well, there, there is another, only one other fun story to bring on our, our mutual friend, Lee H. <laughs> <laughs> Who was a guest once, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so there was a culvert that during a storm got filled with gravel. He was a very hard worker, I'm guessing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually he was. But so, <laughs> so my dad wanted the gravel removed from the culvert. And so he would, he'd hook it up with a logging chain to his pickup and drag it uh, from one end of the campground to the other up, up a hill. So like one end of the culvert was now kind of pointing downhill. And then Lee would be tasked with taking a hoe and pulling out as much gravel as he could reach up that end of the culvert. And then the next day he'd hook up the logging chain and drag it again up a different hill. So now the other end was pointed downhill and then Lee would go once again with a hoe and try to pull out as much gravel as he could. But the gravel in the middle was packed in tight so only a little bit would get loose each time it got dragged across the bumpy road. So they did this <laughs> over and over, dragging the culvert up one hill and back and up the other hill and back. And so oh. that that was Lee's job for weeks to just take the hoe and dig the gravel out of the culvert. How strange. Yeah. As I recall, they did finally get all the gravel out, and we, we put the culvert back in the road. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> well, and then there was this other thing called Ron Engineering that was a fable. Uh, uh, hey, wait. Uh, I thought we were going by last initials only. Oh! Oops. I'll cut that. R Engineering. Uh, yeah. There was this thing called R Engineering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the, the tram... Oh, oh my no. goodness! The tram would go all the way across that. Yes, we did. We, valley or something? What would yes, you call we, that? A ravine or wetland area? No, it was there was a stream with a a, a valley. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. And we we put a cable between two trees um, up on the hillside on either side. This was before zip lines. It, it was a kind of zip line, but it was a lot more dangerous. <laughs> it had that wheel was, thing. The rusty no wheel. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you have to go back to when Deerfield Park was created. There was this resort they were wanted, wanted to build. And it was going to have a ski lift. Oh. And, but it went bankrupt. And so the ski lift never even got finished. And there were miscellaneous ski lift parts kind of just laying around on the ground up there for oh, years right that's what that was and so somehow one of those parts came into our possession that weird wheel thing <laughs> and it, it was a giant wheel like you would see on a ski lift 
yeah. on about a yeah, two, I, two foot now piece I get of it. iron that had some kind of connections on it. <laughs> and to make it safe, because it, it was it only had the iron uh, you know, on the axle coming down on one side. So the other side was open. So as this wheel would ride on the cable, if it were to fall off one way, it would get caught on the axle, but the other side you would just free fall. So, yeah. so to make it safe... And the wheel might fall on your head. So to make it safe, my dad wrapped some barbed wire around the other side of the axle and, <laughs> and rigged it up against that piece of iron coming down so that if you fell off on that side, it would, it would be caught by the barbed wire. Uh, and But one time it did fail uh, with a, a friend of mine from my soccer team, and it, it landed on his... His head, but he was okay. Oh fortunately. shit! Oh shit! But that I didn't did, know that ever actually happened. That was the origin. Oh, it's real. <laughs> of the, of the rusty wheel that falls on your head. It, oh, but I, but, to be fair, if you manage to ride across holding on to that, it was the smoothest riding zipline you've ever experienced because it had this colossal ski lift wheel with all that angular momentum. Yeah. It, would, it would almost pull you up the hill on the other side. It was so smooth. It was it was a great ride, Ex- it was except fun. for the except for the times it it fell and hit your head. Other than <laughs> that, no, it's a that bargain. was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. In in later years, we did concoct a safer zipline uh, built with enclosed pulleys, um, so it couldn't fall off. I think oh, that's okay. the one we all remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that that had a much higher kind of screechy sound because the little pulleys would hit on the on the cable. <laughs> right. Um, we dad did I... have to take that down eventually because all the trees it was connected to uh, got the beetle bark beetle disease and oh, died. No. Oh. Yeah. Shoot. Yep. Sad. I bet you, right here and now. Or no, maybe not. I, no, I bet he has. I, I maybe Alan Alda has done the naked tramp. Do you think? <laughs> not, I mean, not not at Slate Creek, I, as far as I know. But uh, maybe people, Mr. Loomer people did. may or may not have gone naked across on that tram. No, I don't know. I guess we have to take it up and watch it. Phil, there is a song though. <laughs> oh no! Called the That's naked the tram. Song, yes. I guess we. I guess we could use that song. Yeah. I did. I did dig out my old four track. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's been a long time since I heard that song. That was a pretty good song. Was it? Well, naked tram, naked tram, take me. Make us, make make us think about who we am. The things we am. We am. <laughs> the things we am. Yes. Naked tram. I mean, it it writes itself practically. Yeah, it kind of did, and maybe it shouldn't have. That'd be a bonus yeah. track. I want to see like. Uh, uh, like an instrumental unplugged version of that. Wow. Well, I, I've been thinking about doing remixes of some of the old classics. Yeah, if you want yeah, some uh, Adler remasters or English horn, let me know. Oh, that would be nice. Do you have GarageBand? I have a garage. <laughs> we should, we should collaborate on a song band. for sure. Get some oboe. Okay. Well, maybe we can add. Oboe to Naked Tram. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. You you have I'm, a Mac. You have GarageBand. I have Fine. a Mac. Okay. Well, that thanks was a lot for of having fun. me. 
I hope that, that the fun. Mr. Science <laughs> quiz show segment was entertaining enough that you'll think about having me again, and I'll bring another quiz for you. Oh, what? Well, I, oh, I never worry. thought about the whole quiz show angle. <laughs> I don't know. I think Rob has been on more than once. Some people do. Well, yeah, Rob's that. related. That was fun. <laughs> you're kind. Of, you're kind of related. You're like a brezen. You're like a a brother oh. cousin. <laughs> well, I. It's practically like being related. I mean, I think I was like two years old when I met you, John. Riding in a wagon, being dragged by my brother. <laughs> so. I'm I'm glad that Jeff R. Uh, dragged you in a wagon and not just dragged you. Yeah. No, Jeff, no, Jeff R. is on my radar, his. so we'll, we'll we'll get him on. And no, R. does not stand for radar. Jeff did work for... Uh... <laughs> Mr. Loomer. No. <laughs> for Ranger not... Band? Have you guys <laughs> reminisced about Ranger Band? We have, band yes. Fine. We've talked yeah. about Ranger, Ranger Band. Yeah. Save some for the next time you're out, I guess. Okay. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Stay tuned next time when... Andy R. <laughs> talks about the time Ranger Band stopped for a red light. Whoa. Oh, what does R stand for? Ranger? Ranger. Andy Ranger. Andy Ranger. <laughs> Andy Ranger Radar. Arg. No, this I'm, I, I'm day, 99% folks. sure Eric S. talked about Ranger Band. <laughs> it would seem likely. The whole reason that I stopped the band for the red light was because I was trying to live up to the stories of misdeeds that were came down in sort of infamous form from from your generation. Uh generation which may have been not been true. I mean we here we learned that maybe uh Perry R did not swim naked with the trout. <laughs> Swims with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I don't have any evidence that that's true. Well, I don't I mean that might be traumatic. It's more of a legend, you. really. <laughs> it's like Paul Bunyan. Thanks you, thank you, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Great, it was fun to be here. All right, I, I'm. It was fun to be with you here. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Time for a time to lean flashback. Here's the song. Once I rode the naked tram, hit a tree. Slam, but Pippi came out the other side. Now I have a tale to tell you. Naked tram, naked tram, you make us think about the things we have. I think about you every now and then, then I forget why. Once I met a man named Bill He drank and drank till he had his fill He met a girl named Nil They made love and I'm making it still Somewhere on a hill Naked tram, naked tram You make us think about the things we am I think about you every now and then Then I forget why And a man named Yule If you don't like him You will Making moonshine in the still Somewhere on a hill Making love to Nil And 
make us think about the things we have. I'll think about you every now and then. Then I forget why, why, why. She died last night on the hill where they made love and are making it still. So now there's only Bill and you and the still. Some retired